Welcome back to the show. This is your host, Todd Archer. Hey, we, men, we are so glad that you are here. Um, as always, prayers to you and for you that God is challenging you in your life, calling you in your life to step out of your comfort zones, trust in him and speak his glory to everyone we meet and see as uncomfortable as that may be. That is the prayer as always for us to be the men that he has called us and designed us to be in preaching and spreading the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. Men, I hope that uh, he has really challenged you this past week. I know I am a day late uh, compared to when normally this show would be posted or available. Uh, But, you know, sometimes, like I said, this show's led by I feel that this show was led by the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't until uh, Sunday evening that the Holy Spirit put this on my heart, um, and I had to uh, not test God, but, you know, when you feel a word uh, put on your heart, uh, you want to make sure it's not out of line with people who know more than I do. I wanted to make sure that I was not um, saying something that was not true. Uh, (laughs) When I brought this subject up in um, Sunday evening in our church group, our little community group, uh, it was received with a lot of uh, doubt, uh, skepticism maybe, that what I'm going to say on this show today is actually true. But um, through asking questions to uh, a pastor and to a mentor of mine who I respect very much, who is way more knowledgeable in the Bible than I am, uh, I still feel the Holy Spirit putting it on my heart that this is the message that um, he wants me to deliver today. So um would not uh, trying to anger or perturb the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want to get to it. So the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about Jesus Christ as the warrior that he was and that he is. And. Uh, still kind of along that lines that uh, the warrior of Christ is in us, that we have, because of Christ's sacrifice, because of his willingness to give up his life for us and provide to us the Holy Spirit, uh, that... uh, We have the ability now, because of that sacrifice and that death and that resurrection and the Holy Spirit, or us now being the temple in which the Holy Spirit of God lives, that we have the ability to live a sin-free life. Uh, I'm going to read you a verse here that 
or uh, out of the book of Romans, uh, it's 8, 12 through 17. I'm going to read this because it stuck out to me when I was trying to, I guess, make my point of where I was coming from uh, with my church group and in the question that I asked my pastor and, and a good friend of mine, my mentor. Um, so I'm going to get right to it. This is... This is, as you know, Romans was written by Paul and uh, heirs with Christ. Verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, the, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Man, that the Holy Spirit put it on my, my heart that, look, we have the ability. Why do we keep living in the past? Why do we keep going back um in my discussion with the pastor yesterday you know uh he sent me an article you know that might help me clear up things and, and, and it goes back to uh Romans 7 in Romans 7 that's where you know uh 15 that's where Paul says for I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want but I do the very thing I hate Right, this is where he's going through and saying, "I don't know why I can't do right, why I can't do, why I can't live the way God wants me to live," and and it talks about the law, the intentions of the law, and why the law failed was because we're it, we were living it out by the flesh. So it, I think it comes to a mind change in ourselves that you know yeah we're not under that 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 was how god dealt with us in the past that is his you know that was how he was trying to communicate with us what was best for us not that those laws are to be forgotten because if we live our lives by the laws that God placed down other than the sacrifices because that's no longer needed. But if we look at the Ten Commandments in general, if we live our lives by those Ten Commandments, we have to admit that our lives are going to be a lot better off in the long run than they would be if we just live our lives without any kind of direction or guidance. Right. You know, we've talked on this show before that anxiety, depression, mental illness, although mental illness, there is some fact to that because we, you know, things happen. Right. Um, but in in the end, in the big picture of things, 
I think even mental illness, if we look at it in a way that we, they're all things that need to be laid at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ, right? There has to be a faith. And you talked about uh, anxiety, depression. You talk about addiction. You know, you talk about all these things, and I'm going to say it again, like I said in the other shows, it is you're trying to fill a void that cannot be filled by anything on this earth because we are not earthly creatures. We are spiritual creatures, and we are what God created us to be, and that's where we have to get back to. And he provided Jesus Christ sacrifice on the cross to atone for all those sins. Right? I mean, there is nothing, even in, in, in Romans 8, Paul tells us, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. All of that's gone. With Christ's sacrifice on the cross, all of that that God could not be near us, could not be with us, could not communicate with us unless we went to the temple. Because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, we are now that temple. And through the Holy Spirit, which we know is a person, is the third person of the triune God that we serve, that he lives inside of us. Therefore, we are the temple in which God resides now. Right? So, if that's the case, why do we keep going back and saying, oh, I can't do this? I can't. Because he tells us he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. We should not fall back into that. We should have the confidence that Christ does live in us, the God of the universe, the God, the creator of everything we see, smell, touch, hear, whatever senses there are, that we have to believe that he now lives in us. There is no man needed, period, to talk and communicate with God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Right? There's none of that needed. We don't have to take a sacrifice to a temple to atone for our sins. Jesus Christ did that on the cross. He did that. He shed his blood for the atonement of sins of all men, all man, mankind, all his creation, all of the wrath of God from the beginning of time to the end of time was put on Jesus Christ on that cross. Therefore, we should live in the confidence that we can live a life like Jesus lived, that we can live a life without sin. But it has to be that mindset change that takes the focus off what's going on in the world and what God has called us to do, which is to spread his gospel, to make sure every creation he created on this planet understands that the only way to heaven to be redeemed in this world to fill that void that you're trying to fill with substance, porn, being depressed, being scared, being filled is to give it to Jesus Christ because nobody comes to the Father except through him. Our mission is to explain that gospel. Now, it is us to spread the good word 
of Jesus Christ. And like I said before, it's not our job to save them. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit's job. But it is our job to speak with confidence, just as the disciples did. You know, each one of them died for Jesus. They were put to death, except for John, right? But it is, that's the confidence that we have to live our lives with. That's the confidence that we have to project because we are filled with the Spirit of God. And when we're in constant communication and talking to God, the Holy Spirit Spirit will empower us. You know, like I said, we do have the power to heal. We do have the power to do. I mean, it tells it tells you in the Bible that we do. And Jesus said we would do greater things than he because he sends us the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Trinity, which is actually God living inside of us. Once we accepted Jesus Christ, then God now, because of our love and the minutes of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, can now, because through him, the righteousness of God, his righteousness, Jesus' righteousness, the perfect sacrifice, when God looks at us, that's what he sees. So we can no longer live in the fear that when we speak about God, we speak with confidence and we speak about it as fact. Nobody can argue with it. They can argue with it, but they would be wrong. But we have to speak like this is the truth and nothing else matters. Because as believers in Jesus Christ, that's what we committed our lives to. That we said, yes, we believe that you died for our sins on the cross and on the third day you rose. Therefore, defeating Satan and his control on us. And that's why when we start moving in that direction, the attacks of Satan come at us so hard. But that verse, or those verses, Romans 8, 12 through 17, I mean, it just, and I think the, the point that gets me, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if, children then heirs heirs of god and fellow heirs with christ with christ fellow heirs we have now that we've accepted jesus christ as our lord and savior we're considered sons of god so what is that we've seen what jesus did all the things that he did and then after him because jesus christ was in his disciples all the things that his disciples did then why men and women, because we are all creations of God, all made in the image of God, then why is there not more healing going on? Why is there not more saving of people? Why does this world not look like heaven? It's because we keep living in the past. The churches keep preaching Romans 7. Oh, I cannot do. We keep making excuses for, oh, we can't do this. We're not God. And I understand that to a point. I get it. We will never be God. We will never be in his full glory until we are in heaven with 
the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit with that triune God until we are kneeling at his feet, praising his name, worshiping his name day in and day out, 24-7, right? Giving him all that he deserves. And I get it. But at the same time, it tells us right here, he didn't give us a spirit of fear. And if we have the Holy Spirit, which is our helper, which is our counselor, which is everything, because that's what Jesus gave us. And if we are sons and if we are heirs with Christ of what God promised Christ, then why are we not living our lives like that? You know, and as always, on this show, I'm going to tell you, I it's been a big conviction to me. I mean, this this you look at this, and to me, it's like, well, there's no sense in me living a life of fear. Why am I scared of what other people think, right? As long as I am speaking the truth in God's word, and like I said, saying this, I had to double-check myself even though I felt like the Holy Spirit was putting it on there, I know that he has put people in my life, Christian men that I trust and respect and that I call and that are my brothers in Christ that would tell me what they thought about it. You know, I put it out there on Facebook, not many answers. I don't know why uh, I would think that as Christians that, you know, I put it on my personal page and I put it on the call them in page and there just wasn't a lot of response to it. But I, I think from what the Holy Spirit, what I feel in my heart, the Holy Spirit is saying to me is, man, look, it's time to change our minds, man. It's time to switch all this up. Do we still have to rely on Jesus Christ? Do we still have to pray? Do we still? Yes, we have to do all of that because that is where the spirit's at. And in order for us to live the life that Jesus lived, we have to constantly be focused on the spirit and God the Father and in communication every second of every day. Everything, every thought that we have should pass through a prayer, Right? That is God. Is this your will? Is this something you will sign off on? Or God, I want this, but only if you want it for me. Because like I said before, in the culmination of all of this is that now our gifts that God gives us, this gift that God has given us in being heirs with his son, Jesus Christ, this gives us the opportunity to share the blessings that he gives, the gifts that he has given us, the blessings he has given us, like I said, are not for ourselves. They are for other people. And with the confidence that we have in the spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, that Jesus Christ lives inside of us, that we are sons of God. That means we are brothers to Christ. We have to change our thought process from I can't to Jesus will. Right. I mean, if we're in communication, constant communication with God, the father, you know, it talks about let no foul language come out of your mouth. If we're talking to the spirit and communicate, do you cuss at the spirit? Do you cuss when you're in prayer? Do you use foul language when you talk to God in your prayers? Probably not. 
I mean, there may be sometimes some things get stressful in your life and you're doubting and you're wondering where he's at that you may use some pretty stern language, but you don't cuss at him. You don't call him names, right? You humble yourself. So in dealing with people in this world, if we are following the the model of Christ, then we too would not cuss people out. We too would not do, there wouldn't be any mass shootings, right? There wouldn't be killing people because we would all get along. Um, and, and I guess the sitting here thinking about, yes, the Holy Spirit put this thought on my, on my heart and these verses in my heart that, you know, we read the Bible, especially when you come to Revelations. I know I'm kind of going off here what I'm talking about, but I'll bring it back. Is that we read Revelations as some kind of future event. And maybe it is. And uh, one of my pastors was telling me one time he was reading a book that dealt with Revelation, not as a book of the future, but as a book of the present. Um, I know what's out there. I don't know the name of it to share with you. I can't remember. Uh, but it is out there, and it's a different look on Revelations, looking at it as present right now. And if you, other than the things I don't understand about Revelations, which is a lot, but what I do understand is Jesus' letters to the churches. And that is present. That is right now. And how and what he says, there are a lot of churches that meet exactly the same criteria that he spells out that they're lacking. And I think as um, us being the congregation, the actual church, not the building, not the corporate church, but actually being the church. It is our job to ensure that we correct that. We are the one God relies, not relies. He has given us authority in this world to correct the situations that are going on. Now, we don't have the confidence because we don't, we're still stuck in Romans 7. And Paul clearly states that Romans 8 is a change of mind. And when you accept the Holy Spirit, Romans 7, yeah, that's that's who we were, right? Even though we love Christ, it's a maturation process in our relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we grow in that, he doesn't give us a spirit of fear that we can plop this Bible down in front of anybody, no matter who they are, no matter what worldly status they think they have, just like Jesus did with the Pharisees, just like the disciples did with the Pharisees, right? We have that same authority given to us through our acceptance of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have to start living our lives unashamed of the gospel of Christ. And we have to start preaching this gospel day in and day out to everyone we meet because that is the spirit that God has given us, boldness. We have the same power as Jesus. Jesus tells us this, but he also knows our mind is weak. 
right? And that we like to live in the flesh. I mean, Romans is full of telling us how to get around. God would not tempt you above what any other man has been tempted. And, it, and if there is a temptation, God will always give you a way out. That's living in the spirit. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect like Jesus, but that should be, I mean, that is the goal. But if he is living inside of us, how are we not perfect? If we are a new creation, once we accept Jesus Christ, if we are the new creation and a new spirit has been given to us and we are living in that spirit, then, and we are sons of God, and we are heirs with Christ, that means our lives can be exactly like Jesus Christ. Now, believe me, I, whew, I, I know that can sound to some like, you know, or am I comparing myself to Jesus? Well, look, I'm just telling you what I read in the Bible. This is my, this is my take on it. This is what I truly 100% believe that the Bible is telling us. Quit going back to the past. Once you accept Jesus Christ, you are equal with the authority and power that God gave Jesus in you through the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying we do it on our own, but because we have and accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and he has provided the helper, the counselor, the giver of wisdom, right? The Holy Spirit, and we are now the temple. If I mean, if you look and you add all those together, then, and we were created in his image to begin with, that's God's whole purpose is to make us look like him for our lives to look like him. Yeah, Adam and Eve messed it up when they ate the fruit. But Jesus said, that's done. Jesus came and changed that. So our lives can and should at the moment when we accept Jesus Christ look like Jesus. Now, that's part of the sanctification process as we grow, right? I understand that. But truly, if we are true believers, as the disciples were, yeah, they had their doubts and they had that. But when Jesus came back, there was never a doubt again as to what their mission was and confirmation, right? I don't want to wait till Jesus comes back. And there's, oh, you know, now I'm going to go look. Well, look, we should be doing that now. Don't wait for him to come back. Get started. Take the attitude that hey, I am an heir of God's, right? And, and, and through that, I am brothers with Christ. I mean, he calls us his friend to be his friend, right? And he called his disciples brothers because they believed in him and God was pouring into them through Jesus, and so that's what Jesus, I think that's what Jesus is saying is quit living in the flesh, live in the spirit. And we can do that on this earth because Jesus did it. So if Jesus can do it and we are heirs with him by being children of God and we are heirs with Christ, but there's a cost to that. 
It says, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Look, because we choose to live this way, there's going to be suffering just like Jesus. Our lives are no better than Jesus's. But they are the same as Jesus because we are made in that image. And Jesus was there with the Father. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit have always been together in the, from, from the creation of this earth. And if we're that creation and now we don't have to go to a temple, even though we're evil or were evil, until Jesus died on the cross. And when Jesus Christ died on that cross, all of that was gone. Now the the way of Adam and Eve, their failures because of the Holy Spirit and because of our belief that Jesus and our acceptance that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we now too look like Jesus when God looks at us. That's what Jesus tells us. So why are we living in Romans 7 when we should be taking up Romans 8? And using it as a mantle to run the race that God set out before us. And what is that race? That race is to spread the gospel and make this earth that God created, his creation, that everything on it bows down to him for, that we make it look as much like heaven. That is our job. And it doesn't come with a spirit of fear. It comes with a spirit of power in the fact that Jesus, that Paul tells us what Jesus said. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Jesus killed that on the cross. Jesus did away with that on the cross. And that's the good news. That we don't have a spirit of fear. The only thing we should fear is failing the Lord. And losing the love and the closest that our belief and acceptance of Jesus Christ has given us. That is our greatest fear. Yes, we know he can strike us down at any time. We know all of that. But the fear comes from being separated from God. And Jesus came so that we didn't have to be separated from God anymore. If you're separated from God, that's your choice. And he gives you that free will. But if you accepted Jesus Christ, your free will should drive you to Romans 8, 12 through 17 and take that into your heart and make that a part of your daily discipline to have the conversation with the Father and for us to live through the Spirit and that when we think we want to say something, we need to run it through our minds in a prayer, the filter of prayer through the filter of the Spirit that lives in us, God's Spirit, that is this something he would say? Or will it, or does it change our tone in order that we can say what we want to say, but how we say it is in love, in humility, but not any less in power or authority in which Jesus Christ would have said it because he has given that power to us in and through the Holy Spirit, which is, as a triune God, the person of God in spirit. Right? Whew, man, I mean, God has put it on my put it on me that this is the message that I was supposed to bring. Uh, you know, uh, I was looking, you know, it's talking in Acts 20, 
26 through 28. Power and authority of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all. For I did not shrink from declaring you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Men, what are we doing? All the crap, I'm going to say crap, all the crap that we are filling our lives with is just that crap. Now, I'm not saying God's going to give you the blessing of wealth or the blessing of knowledge or the gift of speaking tongues or the gift of healing. I mean, that's all possible, but it stems from the fa fact that we have to change our mentality to that we will never equal or measure up to God the Father. And I get that. We will not come into our full possession of that until we are in heaven with him. Or he's on earth with us, as it says, a new heaven and earth. And God will bring heaven down to earth to live with us like he was originally intended. So, therefore, we need to make this place right now look like heaven in order to prepare the way for our, for our God, for our king, for our father to return to. Right? In Romans 8, to me, what I'm saying is that that starts with the mind change that we are no longer lived by the flesh. With our acceptance of Jesus Christ, we live in the spirit. And if we are running our thoughts through prayer, through God the Father, or through the spirit, through Jesus, to the Father, Jesus already tells us anything we ask will be given to us. As long Because now God sees us as he did Jesus, and Jesus is righteousness. Not our own, because we couldn't do that. But through our acceptance of Jesus Christ, now we are seen as righteous. And that the things that we ask for in our heart should be willing to give to somebody else. Because it's not ours to begin with. So it should be easy to give away. But <clears throat> it starts with a mind change. That if you have accepted, if you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then now you have equal power to Jesus. And I think that's one of Satan's little tricks that says we cannot be equal with Jesus because he's God. But it tells us right here that everything that Jesus had, we, we have through our acceptance of Jesus. It's not that we have it in ourselves, but by proxy because he has granted it to us because of our belief and faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. It, it's not our strength that does it. When we accept Jesus Christ, it changes everything. We are a new creation. We no longer, like Paul says, we no longer live by the law, the, mos the Mosaic law, because that was ruined by the flesh. We no longer live by the flesh. Now we are a new creation in Christ through Christ, that he provides us the Holy Spirit in which we live now by the Spirit. The way of Adam is dead. Jesus Christ is the original creation of man. Manifest, God took himself out and said, let me show you. 
Here it is. Now, once you accept that fact, you are made new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. God made you pure. When he sees you, he no longer sees your sin. He sees the pureness of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gives us that power. And he gives us that authority. He tells us faith of a mustard seed. You tell that mountain to move, it'll move. And I'm just going to tell you right now, all the scholars and everybody that's heard it, seen it, spoke it, whatever, say it's a literal, not literal. I don't believe that because if I believe that, then I'm believing the power that Jesus had. I believe that Jesus Christ seen a mountain and said, hey, mountain, move. The mountain would pick up and walk over. Right? I mean, he calmed the seas and the wind. You telling me he can't tell a mountain to move? He created the dang thing. He can make it move wherever he wants to. And Paul's telling us right here, that same power is yours, baby. Because in God's eyes, he sees you the same now through your acceptance of Jesus as an heir to his son. What the heck are we doing? What are these churches preaching today? That should be the message. Quit thinking about the past. Quit worrying about what, I mean, it was great miracles that were performed and the prophet, Jesus fulfilled everything the Old Testament's talking about. The Old Testament is a reference to how life was, how it how it looked back then. Jesus is the way it should look now. And we should step up to the plate and talk Start taking big swings in whatever area God has gifted you in, whether it be politics, whether it be law enforcement, whether it be uh, ministering, whether it be a school teacher, whether wherever God has you. That's where he wants you to make an impact. That's where he wants you to step out in your faith. That's where he wants you to stand up and tell them, look. Not mine, but because of the Holy Spirit, because I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I am now an heir to God's throne along with Jesus. I mean, I don't I don't get it. That's what it says. You know, like I said, I believe the Bible was written for simple people. And believe me, I'm a simple person. But that's what God's put on my spirit, man, that he is calling us and telling us, quit living your life in fear. You now have the power and authority of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. We are the temple in which God now lives in us through the Spirit. And we are heirs with Christ. But we have to suffer through it. We have to take the ridicule. We have to take all the crap that this world's going to give us by saying this, even from churches, because I know churches ain't preaching this. I know they don't take this as it is, because if they took this and people started living their lives like that, the churches might lose a few people. And a lot of churches now are focused on money and what they can get from the people with money. And that's not what a church is. The church is us getting together, sitting out here, cooking some hot dogs and talking about God and focusing on what God and what he's doing in our lives. Yes, is a church a good place to go and learn? 
If they're not preaching this, I'd say no. If they're not preaching the truth that there is a switch, once you accept Jesus Christ, and it's got to be hard. It can't be just softballs, right? I mean, these are the facts. This is what God tells us. I mean, Paul should know on the road to Damascus. Jesus came and talked to him, right? His His men saw it, right? Over 500 people saw Jesus Christ after his death. So, and if the Bible, we truly believe that everything in here is God breathed, why are we still living like, I'm not good enough? God says you're good enough. You're his creation. He sent Jesus. You are no longer have sin. You no longer have the condemnation of sin in your life because Jesus took that away. And when you accepted Jesus Christ, that is gone. Now, grace is there. Because we are human. And sometimes the flesh does win. But it shouldn't. All right? Grace is there when we, when we stumble and we fall. We get back up and repent of our sin. That, you know, look, Lord, I, I lost sight. Just like Peter on the water. Jesus said, come. Peter was focused on Jesus. He walked on the water. So as he took his eyes off, he started to drown. But Jesus still saved him. That is grace. And with that grace, we can no longer harp or listen to Satan condemn us for falling. Jesus says, done. Look, I've forgiven all that. Get up, put your eyes back on me, and let's go to work. Let's start spreading this gospel. Because no matter what, we still have the power, and we still have, and we are still heirs of God with Christ through his sacrifice on the cross. That's how God sees us all times, no matter what we do. As long as we return to where he originally intended us, we have the ability to, we still have the power that he gave us, the authority that he's given us because we repent. We see the conviction that is in us because we no longer live by the flesh. We live by the spirit. And when the spirit talks to us in a manner that says, Hey, that's not, uh-uh, nope, that's not how I wanted you to live. That's not the will of God. We feel that conviction. We start changing our ways. We start, okay, you're right. But we have to have the confidence that Jesus already died for that. Every sin that we will ever create the rest of our lives, Jesus died for it. And no matter what we feel, because that's Satan, because now that's the flesh, And that's where Satan operates is in the flesh because that's where he has the power. He has no power anymore through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on our spirit. That's the reason it says live in the spirit because when we're living in the spirit, the devil has no effect on us. And that way we can be the weapon that God created us to be to defeat Satan in other people to make them spiritual, not fleshly, to take them out of the flesh and move them into the spirit where we are the true creation of God. And through Jesus Christ's sacrifice, we are as powerful and have the authority that Christ says we do, that he provided to us, not only through his sacrifice, but through the Holy Spirit. Man, I hope that this message has changed the way you think.
about who we are in Christ. We are all every man, woman, and child are a spiritual being. So quit living in the flesh. Because when you accepted Jesus Christ, you no longer live in the flesh. You live in the spirit. And everything we do, every prayer we pray, every thought we think should pass through the filter of Christ in prayer. So that we can live our lives like Jesus lived his. It is not a possibility. It is not. It is fact. We are heirs with Christ to the throne of God. Now that us being at that throne is kneeling in prayer and worshiping him, giving all our worship and all our hearts and all our souls to our king, to our creator. But right now, our job through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit by will of the Father is to prepare earth for the coming and to give all the children of or all the creation of God the opportunity to hear the good and saving news of Jesus Christ. And we have the power and the authority to heal, to cure, to whatever. We have that power because it tells us that we do. And we have to quit thinking that we don't, that we'll never measure up. God tells us we measure up when we accept Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us we measure up when we accept Jesus Christ. Because that's what he's given us. So quit limiting the power of our God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit by listening to Satan saying, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. God says you can. God created you and God never loses. So with that, man, go out, you know, and, and, and change your mindset. Because if not, then to me, it's blaspheming the Holy Spirit. We're saying that none of this, none of this is right. None of this is we don't believe what it says in this book. I mean, I don't know how much clearer it can get in my mind. You know, everybody, everybody's relationship with, it, it, with God is, is different. Everybody's testimony is different and I get it. But if the Bible's written for people like me and you children of the faith, right. And it's meant to help us grow and become stronger in Christ, then we have to believe it 100%. And it tells you right there, Paul tells us, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, there is suffering because Jesus suffered in this world for standing on the word of God and preaching the word of God. So we too will suffer and we will be condemned because of our words, because people don't understand, because they don't know the truth. We have it in us. And as men, being the first image of God, it is ultimately our responsibility to pass this message on to everybody we meet. And I said before, that is the call of men. Uh, man, oh, it gets me fired up just to, 
I mean, I, that's got it is, it is the Holy Spirit because I I've never felt this passionately, and the only the only time I feel this passionate is when I am in God's Word and He the Holy Spirit provides me a message or provides me an insight to what God is looking at. This is what I feel God is telling us. This is the message that should be being preached at every church. Not a not a message of weakness, not a message of inadequacy. That is where Satan has infiltrated our church. But it should be preaching this message that because we have accepted Jesus Christ, we can do what Jesus did and we can live a sin free life and we will if we live in the spirit and quit thinking about the flesh quit listening to Satan quit listening to these pastors that are telling you that you don't and you don't add up yes I get it I understand all the arguments but this is the message because we are I'm not saying we're going to falter and we're not going to stumble because we are not God, but Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. So we are his original creation in the perfection that Adam started out at Adam and Eve, right? Jesus wiped that all away. Now Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life, right? So if you have Jesus in you, are you saying Jesus is not worthy to lead us and to teach us and to guide us and to boldly help us boldly proclaim the gospel and the truth of who he is? Now, he gives you the same power he has as being heirs with Christ. That's it. I mean, that's the message today, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen, probably more so, I don't, out of the whole six people that <laughs> listen to the show, uh, that's it. That's the message that should be being preached in my mind. That's what the Holy Spirit put on my heart. It's time for us to quit looking back at all our weaknesses. If you look to me, when I look, when I read the New Testament, it is a process, right? It is what you were and what you are. What you were before Christ, what you are after Christ. And there's nobody that knows that better than Paul, as he wrote most of the, the books in the New Testament. Right? So, we have to believe that every word is God breathed, that this is the truth. We were this, and we did have these problems. But now, with Jesus Christ coming into our life, we now have the power to live the life that he did. We have all the tools that he had. We have a direct line to the Father, and that is the only way we can live the life that Jesus lived, is to be in constant communication with the Father, taking every thought captive, as it tells us in the book, running it through the filter, through the Holy Spirit, through the Son, and through the Father. And when we do that, it makes us think to stop and think, is this the right decision? Is this the decision? Is this a godly decision? goes back to what would Jesus do, right? All this stuff is right in front of our faces. Men, women, creations of God. It's right here. It's time. The time for the movement to quit thinking of we, is, we are weak and we don't have that power as long as as 
just like I did before I delivered this message. I ran it through people, brothers and brothers in Christ, who brothers and sisters in Christ, who I could get an honest feedback because of their connection and their relationship with Jesus that I trust. Not that I doubted the Holy Spirit, but I wanted to confirm that it was truly the Holy Spirit and not just my wild thoughts. And once that you have that group of brothers and sisters in Christ that you can trust their opinions, then you can confirm that it's the Holy Spirit. And I felt that and I knew that, but I just wanted to make sure it just wasn't some wild hair that I got up my butt and, and wanted to save just because it made me look good because it ain't about me, you know. I don't want to let my ego get in the way of God's work. So if I'm living in the spirit, I'm just trying to follow what the spirit led me to say. Um, so remember, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I'm telling you, man, that is that that's the key. That's that is we are. I'm not God. <coughs> right? I'm not the Father. I'm not the Son. And I'm not the Holy Spirit. But I am their creation. And Jesus destroyed the temple and made me the temple. Therefore, if God resides in me, like he walked with Adam and Eve, if now he's talking to me like that, I need to block out the lies of the flesh and the lies of Satan and start listening to Jesus Christ. And when he tells me I have the power to do something, I better believe it and go out and use it. Why? to expand the kingdom of heaven to save souls that's what we're here for so men today as you go out and do what you do remember to answer the call of men